0: Hey everyone, John Hoffman from Kindred Spirits. We've got a fun look back this week. We're talking to Ashley Hatch uh, in 2021, so in the past. You'll remember that was a pretty good season for her because she won the golden boot and the team won the championship, so that's fun. The first half of the episode is uh, with Ryan Martin from Loud United, so if you want to check that out, please do. But if you want to fast forward to the Washington Spirit goodness, start at 29 minutes and 7 seconds. We'll be back next week with another episode from the Archives.
1: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees podcast. Uh, we have a very, very special guest on the line, a now three-time three-time uh, guest on the show, Ryan Martin, coach of Loudoun United. Ryan, how are you doing, my friend?
0: How, how, how are you hanging in there? Yeah,
2: well, do, do I get like a plaque on a wall somewhere or something for being <laughs> we were, a three-time guest, or we were is there talking, like an award?
0: You were talking to Felipe. He's a two-timer as of last week, and I think I mentioned a, a, a gold jacket or a green jacket uh and then he asked me how are you sending me a jacket you don't know where i live yet so apparently i'm gonna have to actually whatever i say i'm gonna have to stick up so i'll i'll, uh, I'll think about that i'll get back
2: to you yeah yeah no appreciate you guys having me on but no I'm, I'm good i'm excited you know one is the weather obviously turning for the better today but yes. it's uh yes. no just excited to get going you know it's been an unusual and a long off season um and the season couldn't get here, you know, soon enough. And, you know, we officially start, we, we basically have been going through the isolation protocols and we start officially on Thursday. So we're excited and uh, I'm excited. It's just been too long.
0: How many, uh, how many players are you going to have in camp when you, when you break?
2: So we'll end up, when we start up, we'll have 23 players in camp um much like the first team taking some of our guys you know we brought up some guys from the academy to give them an opportunity and and to see where they are really and to see if they can contribute this year um and, and give them like a little bit of a taste and and uh go from there but yeah 23 guys as we head into camp this week
0: ted i'm gonna i'm gonna ask the question that everyone has been asking us to ask and i don't and 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 ryan you may not know the answer to this yet so i totally fine to, have to say i don't know Everyone has been asking: Has there been definitive protocols from MLS or USL about interseason loans between the clubs? Has that has that been sorted out yet?
2: We it was fine. We was Stuart not, Stuart Mares and I, our technical director, did a you know press conference yesterday and got the same question, obviously. Yeah. But it's uh, nothing has been uh, officially uh, given to us by either league as of right now. Um, we are right now under the assumption it will be quite similar to last year, um, at least in the beginning. And and then, you know, things can always change from there, but we're, we're going under the impression that it's it's the same and if things change, then great. And if not, then uh, we'll go accordingly. But hopefully, I mean, hopefully one is neither one's gotten a schedule yet Two is, you know, these protocols. So I think there's a lot of work to be done and, you know, hopefully we get some news soon.
0: I would say so. The roster looks a little bit older than it was last year. I don't have obviously. I don't know the full numbers of everything. As 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 the there are still some names out there. I think still as pending, um, according to the news. Anyway, um, does it change the mission of the franchise a little bit? You already talked about bringing up some academy youngsters, but also it it. I think I said it on the show last night. The the levels are appearing to go up a little bit. The people you're the people you're signing are are either a higher USL pedigree or they're playing and they're scoring on an internet or maybe again this is the yet to be determined players but they're they're playing and they're scoring for their their national teams the under 20 level under 23 level um was this a conscious decision to make the team more competitive right now in 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 the 2021 season while still balancing that original mission or was it also this is a long question, but is it also uh, about the fact that you don't know that you're gonna have access to those players again this year and you're, and you're gonna assume that you're not. So you've gotta build maybe a little bit more resiliency into the into your attack.
2: To be honest, a little bit of both um, in a lot of ways. I, I think one is last year when we went into the season, you know, we we expected to have, you know, four or five, six guys per game really for coming down. And, you know, we missed out on that opportunity. Those guys miss on some things where, you know, could have helped their growth. Um, And, you know, it it is what it is. So when we went into this year here, Stuart, Maris, myself, Dave Casper, you know, our mission was, okay, worst case scenario is we don't get anybody from DC United. Let's have a team that's strong enough to compete, but also a team that can have uh, high standards, uh, hold our culture for young guys that are coming through. And then the the final piece, which is something that, you know, Stuart, Dave, myself, uh, have really been, Jason, you know, from the top down has been really looking to use our international spots for some interesting, talented young players that we think can make it into the first team. And, you know, that's where, like, we brought Kyru back this year because um you know he had a short window with us just because of covid and couldn't get his visa and then he took 16 buses and a boat to get across here but um we we saw enough potential in him that we want to give him a full year in 32 games and have Hernan take a look at him you know the left back that we have coming in Samaki Gasu I'm very excited about him because I actually went and saw him play live last November, November, 2019. And I've been you know, working with Dave Stu to, to, to get him over. So he's one that I see as he's 22, but he's still a very talented athletic left back, which fits the profile of what Hernan's looking for. You know, then you look at Dar Luis Paz, you know, with his pedigree and what he could become, you know, you start looking, you know, uh, Nanan Hasu is another one that's a box to box Ivory Coast Youth International. Um, You know, and on my trip, I was able to make some pretty good relationships there. And um, yeah, if one of them makes it great, if two of them makes it, it's a home run. It's, it's, uh, kind of the direction we're looking to go with this.
0: You got to work out like an employee referral bonus package. If you if you take those international signings that go up to the first team, there should be like a, you get like some, like a free <laughs> gift card to a stake or something. Help, clear, help us out. Like, I feel like the MLS roster rules are hard enough to for me to remember. How many how many international spots does do a USL championship team get per, per roster? You're
2: given, you're given seven. Seven, okay, so a lot.
0: All right, so that's... Yeah,
2: you're, you're given quite a few and then you can buy, sell, trade. Um, you know, last year, I think, I think we used three all in all, um, you know, the year before that we, we used three or four. So this is really the first year we're making a big push, you know, and, and we've used up to now, I think five international spots. And then, um, you know, we're, we're keeping some open for, you know, you never know. And then the first team carries international. So you never know there either. Um, but, you know, we aggressively went after these five guys that we quite like, and, you know, our, my mission is to hopefully get them to Hernan.
0: I won't press that question. I, I I think there's a little hint in there. Uh, there's been a little bit of math of, of DC United fans trying to count international roster spots and number of non-greed card holders. We'll we'll leave that we'll leave that there. We'll we'll let that we'll let that percolate. Ted, go ahead and uh, go ahead and. Your turn.
1: Ryan, I, I got to admit, I man, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit angry at you because you used your charm to lure one of one of my favorite players away from Richmond in Akwe. And uh, yeah. uh, I am I am I am upset that that he will no longer <laughs> be in Richmond. Just kidding. I'm really happy for him. Um, solid. I, I have thoughts on, on Akwe. He's He was a solid piece here in Richmond. What did you see in him and, and what do you think he can bring to the to the squad this year?
2: Yeah. So, you know, obviously when we looked at Akwe, it was, you know, knowing that Hernan's coming in and wants to press and have a higher line. And that's something to be fair. I wanted to do as well. So we were looking for someone that could help us cover space in behind really. And a younger, uh, you know, he's 25. So still on the younger side that can grow and and become something and have a chance to really make the, the first team, you know, and that's our vision for him and our hope, you know, I, you know, when I talked with, You know, Darren, as you know, Swatsky, as we're going through the process, he's been, you know, an incredible resource for guys, you know, we should take a look at for him. And, you know, I'm excited. You know, we'll play him twice in preseason. So it's another look and opportunity with his guys. But, um, you know, he was just high on the kid. He goes, he's got potential. He's got to keep learning, keep growing and and keep grinding through it. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited to get him up here. I think he's going to add quality athleticism right to our back line right away.
1: I'll I'll allow it, uh, but if you touch Tarazaki, then we have beef. Let me just let me just let me just say that right here. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're gonna we're gonna need Hernan and uh, Nicholas and the Argentinians to get the, to get the Richmond Argentinians out. So. <laughs> so you
0: stay
1: away. You stay away.
2: Do <laughs> not. They're gonna bring a
0: tray of mate down there, and they're gonna steal your girl. That's what's gonna happen. They're gonna have exactly. steak and mate, and it's over. Um, talk about establishing a relationship with a new coaching staff. I think a lot was made. I don't know. I don't know if it was media or whatever. There was a lot that was like made. Like, all right, well. We've got a plan from the top down. You know, Ben and Ryan working in lockstep. They're, they're talking about style of play, formations, and making sure that players, as they move up, are ready and accustomed to make that jump. Now you've got a new coach to get to know, a new assistant coach to get to know. You know, I've read in some interviews those conversations have started to happen, but um, have there been those sort of extensive conversations about style of play, continuity with Loudon? In our conversation with Hernan, it was very much like, we got to figure that out. Like, I'm, I'm not coming with a fully formed bake philosophy this is exactly what we're going to do from a play structure i got to find out what players we have and how they play and how we can how we can get together so what's that conversation been like and in, in dialogue between the three of you
2: yeah i mean he, he's been great because you know he's been very open to, to me and you know asking questions about what we're doing asking questions about players that we've had even some of the homegrown guys that you know obviously i have a more of a history with and and you know always kind of picking my brain there we we talk text you know, pretty regularly Latin, you know, now, which has been, which has been great now that he's kind of settled in, you know, the big one I think is, you know, one is with the way he, he kind of sees it. I, I kind of see in the, the game in a similar fashion, you know, when, when Ben was here um, you know, we had an ideal way of playing, you know, from a club philosophy and the way everybody wanted to do things um, you know, Ben gave me some freedom to do things, but he had a you know, very defined player, profile of guys he was looking at, you know, what a right back looked like, what a left back should be. And those are kind of things that we really tailored with Jacob Greens and Moses and Griff. You know, with Hernan, he he's more of a, this is our system, this is our way of doing. You know, Ben was more adaptable on the first team side because, you know, he was get trying to get results and trying to win games and trying at times had injuries and at times had a limited body. So he was, you know, trying to, you know, put things together where you know, what is it, a round peg and a square hole type thing at times, you know, and and, uh, but he gave me the freedom to really push and do what I could. And, you know, I'll keep him updated. Hernan is more. This is how we're going to do it. And this is the culture, the expectations, the standards. Our kind of um, common themes have really been principle-based about what I can add to the players, you know, from what he's doing with the first team. Um, You know, a lot of it's pressing. A lot of it is transition moments. A lot of it is, um, you know, which is great, which is where, you know, the modern game is going. And when DC made this hire, Jason, Dave, you know, Steve Kaplan, it was, can we change our identity. Can we have a system? Can we have a style? Can we have a, a philosophy and, and everybody buying into it? So um, it's, a, it's a little bit different. I'm excited because he's also a big Bielsa fan, which I am as well. Um, so, you know, we have that in common. We were laughing about that on on Sunday. So he's, uh, so far it's been great. I'm excited to work with him. I know his head is spinning with everything going on right now, the roster, preseason, et cetera. So I've really also been just trying to help him as much as possible in terms of, you know, even helping, you know, their, their preseason trip and my contacts in the Carolinas and some different things there. So whatever I can do to help him, I've told him, I'm like, just let me know.
3: Great
1: one of the uh one of the more re- i guess recent developments has been finally sort of the the it appears to be actual progress um, after it seems like covid kind of uh stunted uh any any progress with that would have been made on the uh, new training facility out in Loudon um how excited are you to you know when that I think it's planning to open this summer from, uh, from what I understand, but how excited are you to sort of have a, you know, a central location with the, you know, first team with Hernan and, and the players and, and seeing the academy kids? Uh, I mean, how much, how, how, how big of a thing is that sort of to have a central place, I guess, where everybody can train, work out, you don't have to be scattered? I mean, how, how important is that going to be?
2: Yeah. Well, I told her Hernando the other day, I go, it's, it's lonely out there since we're, since we're <laughs> still in DC and, and we're in Leesburg, but, uh, no, for us, it, it's going to change everything in terms of, you know, the relationship in terms of, you know, we're a thousand yards away from each other in terms you know, if we train at La- Segra, they train there. It's like, we're right down the street. So if he needs players, he wants to send me players, the locker rooms there, the fitness facilities there, it will change everything. Um, you know, I know, you know, Dave and, and Jason and everybody have been putting a lot of effort into it because this is a big piece of infrastructure. You know, I love to say, you know, Audi Field is, you know, what a great stadium. is. Segra is awesome. But the reality is the, the first team plays, you know, 16, 18 games at, at Audi. They're going to use, you know, set, the new training facility for 150, 200 days. So that's where time's invested. And that's where, you know, that's where I'm, I'm just excited to have it out there.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I feel like for that's an underrated aspect. Everybody talks about stadiums and everything like that, and and in reality, where are you spending most of your time? You're spending most of your time at a training facility practicing. You know, you spend very you know uh, two hours a week at a at a stadium during the season. The rest of the time, it's at a training facility. So I have to think that has to be that has to be pretty important to have, uh, and it helps bring in players too. It attracts players because they, they that's Absolutely. something they want to see.
2: And, and, it, and it helps training, too, because, you know, right now the first team's at, you know, at Audi, you know, training and, and mm-hmm. we're at Segre Field and, you know, they only have, there's only one field. So I know like, you know, Hernan and, you know, going back to the Bielsa situation, when I saw him in you know, at Leeds and Bilbao, it's like he used like two or three fields and Hernan will have that opportunity to rotate, to put different guys on different fields, you know, rehab. And and it just makes the environment more professional and it just maximizes player performance. And that's rehab to to just overall, especially with the young guys, to have the gym, the resources is going to change everything.
0: And I imagine you'll get a permanent office to decorate and have, what's your, what's your current situation? Do you have an office at Audi field? Or are you in a trailer? What's, what's the situation at Segra for you?
2: I, I've got an office, I got an office at Audi. That's and right, then right. I, I, then I sit up in the VIP lounge at, uh, at Segra. Um, you know, if it's not too drafty and windy and then, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, then I'll have an office that, you know, that, that will be, end up being the, the big office in terms of, because that's where, again, I spend most of my time as well. And, um, you know the more you know myself Hernan, you know Stu, dave etc., around each other the better it is to bounce ideas off to row in the same direction um which which would be great
0: we tried telling Hernan to look out there for real estate when he when he moved in he was like i think i want to live in the city i was like everybody wants to live in the city but i think you should think about this right now there's not a lot of traffic it's different it's gonna he didn't listen so he's i think he's in the city you're are you in the city too aren't you
2: yeah, I'm in the city. You as guys well. are both crazy. You guys are both yeah, crazy. Well, well, wait till he gets on the Dullest Greenway and uh, and he's like, <laughs> "Wow, this is uh, a little bit further than I imagined." Yeah,
0: I think Russ Knauss is going to make killing selling all you guys' houses in Loudon. I think everyone's going to be. Oh, listening. he'll he'll be
2: smi- he'll be smiling. He's he's Commission. already waiting for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this
0: is another question, a USL question. As I'm as I'm learning sort of the specifics, can you explain to me the way the split season thing works with players that are college commit, like Jeremy Gray and Adam Lingard? Do they start the season with you? Do they not start the season with you? And they just are going to go report in the summer to, to college?
2: They'll, they'll start with us, go through preseason with us. In fact, you know, Jeremy was in preseason with Hernan. Adam Lundegaard was in the, with the first team as well. So, you know, from now until June, when they head off to school, you know, we're still going to push because you, you never know when the next, you know, Ian Harks or, or someone from college comes out. That's your own guy. That's, you know, he, he so it's taking care of one of your own. And, you know, if, if you get – Adam Lundegaard, who's going to Clemson, in, in three years he's a top center back because of his growth there. Then, then perfect. So, um, yeah. So they'll be with us until about uh, June, July. Depends on when some summer school starts, some pre, you know uh, summer training starts as well.
0: I hadn't thought about it until now that college as becomes almost an extension of the of the of the pyramid for the for, for the MLS team. So they they develop them, they put them through academy, they get. Do they have Do they have first Do they have first dibs on them if they come out from mm-hmm. a from a like a player's yeah, rights perspective Yeah, they correct.
2: do. They? So, so if Adam went to school and then two years was good enough to become a pro, we would have first tra- you know, crack to, to sign to a homegrown. Otherwise, he would we could either trade his rights or he'd enter the draft. Um, and you basically have to make that decision about a month before the draft to give everybody enough time. But um, But yeah, so we'll keep tabs and that's why it's so important for us to, you know, send our academy kids to top universities and and play in ACC and play in big games and, you know, play at Maryland and and see some different things there.
0: That's a question actually from Reddit. Uh, uh, Does Loudoun United have a formal or informal relationship uh, with the local colleges he said that pushing the loud and decent edit brand to college kids might be helpful for player development I feel like that at that point we're already pretty well known but I think to, to, to tag on your question or to tag on your response to the last question how much how much time are you dedicating watching those those player obviously you're pretty busy <laughs> but keeping but how, who's keeping tabs on those players who's who's who in the whole organization is looking at those players that are in college on a week out basis like it's good looking good this is maybe something we're going to want to offer maybe maybe a year early even we're going to talk to them who does that
2: Yes, Stuart, myself, you know, Dave, Dave quite a bit. Um, but typically, Stuart and myself watch quite a bit of games, and I've still got a lot of friends in the college game. So, you know, like last Friday, I threw on, you know, UNC, you know, just to watch a game and see what's out there. And um, so we, we stay, you know, I at least stay pretty. On top of at least the ACC, at the very least, just with my background and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's one of those ones where I'll, I'll keep tabs on Adam, Jeremy, you know, keep, them you know, they're one of the top programs and playing in big games. So, you know, who knows? They could go for, you know, like uh, Derek Etienne, who went for, you know, one semester and then left and, you know, didn't work at, you know, Red Bulls, but ends up with the, you know, crew. But it's, uh, you know, everybody has their own path and that's where. You know, just because Adam's going to Clemson or Jeremy NC State, it's not that they're not going to be a pro, and it's not that they're not going to be a pro here. So, um, we'll keep tabs and tracking them.
0: So, is it safe to say, as from another friend of the show, are you a top drawer soccer subscriber, keeping t- tabs on all these uh, these college yeah, kids playing?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a subscriber. There so. you go.
0: That's a use special special subscription code RFK. I don't know yet. Travis, we'll talk about that. We need to we need to get some synergy here. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I imagine that's a pretty useful tool keeping track of.
2: <laughs> you yeah, got a lot, tra- of, you tra- got a lot of
0: uh, a lot of uh, lines in the in the water. I would imagine at all times.
2: Yeah, Travis did a podcast the other day with uh, two of my friends down at NC State and did a did a pretty good one. And and the guy who ran the podcast played for my dad at Ohio Wesleyan. So small small world. Awesome.
1: Talk a little bit. Uh, obviously, the new Virginia uh, ordinances I think are going to start to sort of uh, uh, allow fans in the sta- in, in the stadium. Um, I, and hopefully, you know, by the end of the summer, we can start talking, you know, maybe hopefully semi full to full capacity. How important do you think it's going to be to sort of actually have, you know, fans watching the games? These, the, does it add to the atmosphere? Does it change how you sort of, you know, the, the emotions that go into the game or, uh, do, do we overrate it a little bit too much?
2: No, I think fans are, you know, are a massive part of the game and, and whether it's, you know, 500 people or it's, you know, 25,000 people. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's in a lot of ways at the professional level, it's what it, well, it makes it. It's like you watch games on TV and you know, they're, they're still good games, but they're not the same without the atmosphere, the fans, the crowd, the passion, you know, the, the supporters of their own clubs. And, um, you know, so I can't wait till, like I said, if it's 50 people, hundred people, whatever, you know, we, we'll welcome back and, Know, obviously, make sure safety is a priority, but yeah, we, we miss fans, and I think everybody in the in the world of soccer is dying for fans to come back.
1: I, I think Liverpool's missing the cop end very much so right now with how oh, they've yeah. been playing.
2: <laughs> I, I think I think Klopp is trying to find a way to to get some of them in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank thank you to Fulham for winning me fifteen bucks. Speed in Liverpool. I have to bring that up again to Ted <laughs> just to just to rub <laughs> it in a little bit. Um, th- there's a rumor that you were the welcome wagon for Nigel Barberthar. You were supposed to be. Uh, I won't ask you to confirm or deny this report. <laughs> I think it was a golf thing. Uh, how much of your role has been scouting? And I thought that one was particularly interesting, if true, because does that nece- does your presence ne- have by necessity mean that the player is being considered as more of a, a tweener, as more of a maybe maybe playing between both rosters?
2: No, not not at all. It, it's more you know I, I've been here since what 2017, so I've been here quite a bit. Um, you know, so I've done quite a bit of scouting for Stuart, Dave, you know, obviously, you know, being a smaller organization in terms of the number of people in that, in those roles, it's, you know, you're always wearing multiple hats, but yeah, for me, I, you know, I went out to the college combine to scout there. I've been doing some scouting on, you know, for whatever they need just to get more eyes on people. And I think the more, eyes you have on these guys the more discussions can happen and then, then it becomes all right Hernan does it fit into your profile what are they like as people um you, you know so just because you know uh, you know I might see someone might not see someone that has nothing to do with where they might be um you know would it help me and then someone else comes down and helps louder yeah for sure but at the end of the day it's you know can we find the best players for DC United, and and if they're not ready for DC United, can we help those players get games, confidence, minutes, develop, grow, so they can get back in?
0: That's that's a good answer. Fair 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 way to fair way to put that. This is a nerdy question, uh, but I remember in the inaugural season at Segura, the turf was had just been installed, and uh, I think there was some, some talk about the way the ball was moving on it, and they needed the, the turf needed to settle. And now, uh, academy players, academy games are being played on it every weekend. Um, I think Loudon, Louden SC, I think plays there too. Uh, have you guys ha- have you guys had an opportunity to work out there? Is it is it is it as good as it's going to get now? Is it, is it is it a good field to play on from that perspective?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good field. It's it, it, it's you know broken in to the point where it's it's good and the ball rolls well. My hope is you know the the water is being finalized and installed as we speak and you know should be ready for the first game so we can water the field hopefully before game Oh it didn't it
0: didn't have it before is that is that was that the case they were that, that yes. was...
2: yeah construction was uh it was supposed to be done last year and then construction was a hold up and uh and basically they had the way they had to drill it they couldn't do it during the season and then this year they they're pushing right now to get it done by you know knock on wood May first is what I'm hearing. Good, that makes a big
0: difference on particularly in a, on a on a summer day.
2: Massive it's, difference. Yeah, that
0: that'll, that'll be great for the players. That'll be good for that'll that's good. That's good for the quality of the yeah, game.
2: Yeah, so hopefully the ball can roll a little bit faster and and I think that'll just be a big big addition.
0: Are there any other new Segra features from people from fans who didn't get to go? I guess last year there were there were a couple home games, but obviously attendance was was capped. Yeah, the,
2: the they're going to have the the bathrooms installed, I believe, this year. Like, so full, you know, no more Portage on, you know, parks. The Great. concession stands will be up and running. Um, the locker rooms will be finished with showers and and running water. So they're making some pretty big progress. And then I think at some point the press box will be up. Um, you know, as we get into the season, they're talking about a new scoreboard. So I, I, there's been some pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good movement with things. And, and, uh, yeah, I think it's good that now obviously with DC United out there, it's just, everybody's kind of in, in, you know, in the same area. So it's not like we're out by ourselves, you know, Dave, everybody sees what's going on and it's, it's going to be a very fun park to play in a very, you know, once it gets all up and running this, you know, by May, we'll be in a really good place. I think.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to get out there for spirit games. I'm going to try to get there for Loudon games this year. Um, I'm going to be very familiar with the back roads to Loudon, I think. That's what I'm going to have to get from all the way down in Stafford. I'll figure it out. Um, thank you again, Ryan, for joining us. I'm going to have one more question for you. And I think – I don't know if it's too early to ask this question because you talked about some of the academy players getting a chance to come up to to, to to do sort of pre-work with the team. Are Do you have any young players that are that you're looking – obviously you got a lot of players you're bringing in now for the first time. You talked about the internationals. Are there any academy kids that you are – would, would tell fans to look out for there's a there's been a big interest I think on our listeners to sort of figure out that pipeline because there's not yeah. a lot of visibility for it up until they make the Loudon roster
2: yeah for sure I think I think for us you know the you know we last week we had two got two just academy kids in with Hernan on the first team so we had Owen Walls and uh Troy Matingu who are both big center backs or and and you know Owen's very very good on the ball Troy's very physically gifted. Um, And, you know, I think those are two guys that are going to jump in right with me Um, Owen's still with the first team training. But other than that, um, Troy will jump back into me. Mateus Johannes is another six kind of in the mold of Jeremy uh, Garay, who's going to be with me basically full time. Um, And then there's like an attacking. He's a winger, a 10 uh, Bucci, who plays with with the U-17 team um, that's shown really well in, in trainings. When I've had them, I started doing Monday trainings with the top Academy kids just to get a look before heading into this week. Um, so that will be the group that joins us immediately. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how they progress, see how they do with things. You know, another kid that aged out of our Academy, but is still of Academy age is Justin Rainey, who uh, is an O three and a talented kid and, and Jumped into the roster late last year, but I'm hoping he's going to make a, a push this year to get some minutes as either a right back or right winger. Um, he was always in that group with Moses and Griff and those guys and, and uh, you know, an interesting piece as well. So uh, those are the kind of the big ones that I, I would take a look at. I think those guys can can hopefully break their way in.
0: I'm extremely upset that there are players born my high school graduation year that are old enough to play for, and I'm, I'm you know, it's only going to get worse, but that's
2: oh, a, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. When I when I start seeing the Oh fours, oh Oh six, I'm like, wow, this is, uh, where, where did time go? <laughs> it's
0: not great. It's not great
2: at all. No.
1: Yeah. I'm seeing the, uh, I, I just turned 30 and then I, I, I ref soccer for a living. And so I, I, they had the, uh, I think it was like the Jefferson cup in Richmond and they had the, uh, 2006 to 2011 like was like the young age group and i'm just like oh man no 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 i'm not ready for this (laughs) i'm not ready for this
2: that's too young
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah uh ryan thank you so so much for for joining us on the show uh always a pleasure to have you on and uh we're looking forward to the to the start of the season
2: no, thanks for having me on and your guys' support and uh, just let me know when to pick up the plaque for the, the third time. It's coming.
0: We we'll we will we'll we
2: will, we will let
1: we will you
0: we'll know. get your address after the show, sir. We'll make it we'll make it happen. At least <laughs> awesome. a sticker or something. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you again to uh, Ryan Martin for joining the show. Uh, stick around, guys. We're going to have a special interview with Ashley Hatch, where we're going to talk uh, with the, from the Washington Spirit. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. Uh, John will be doing that. I have to uh, disappear into the into the void, into right. the big void. <laughs> I will stay.
0: Ted will go. <laughs> All
1: right. Hey, folks. Before we get back into the show, just wanted to give a quick plug for our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. If you enjoy the show and want to help us out, you can go to the website and donate. Not only do you get the satisfaction of helping out grow the show and make it better, uh, you also get access to your own private feed for the podcast, even your own private RSS feed that you can then hook up to your podcasting app. That means you'll get first access to the interviews like this one we're doing right now and other shows as well. So please, please go to the website, patreon.com slash RFK Refugees and donate today.
0: All right, welcome back to RFK Refugees. Uh, Just John, Ted has gone somewhere else. I think maybe he's refereeing a game or something. I don't know. He just goes away sometimes. I want to welcome Ashley Hash of Washington Spirit who is joining us uh, here on the pod. Ashley, thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks
0: for having me. So we uh, we just talked to Andy last week, um, and I think that the most the, the most reasonable question to ask after a 2020 season that was insane and weird and, and exciting in some spots, but also just crazy. Uh, talk about your experiences in the Challenge Cup and the fall series. I know that you guys were down there in Florida before everything kicked off. You had it, sort of things were going to felt like normal, and then all of a sudden they weren't at all. So <laughs> run run us through your 2020. It's very eventful
3: um yeah 2020 was crazy it's kind of funny to be back here in Florida and think that it was a year ago that we had one training session in Florida and then we got kind of shut down um so it's exciting to be here and actually be able to like train and actually have a proper preseason um but yeah 2020 was crazy there was Um, A lot of unknowns and we all had to be super flexible and just kind of grinded out where we could. Once we all got the news of the Challenge Cup, we were super excited to actually have games in sight because for a while we were kind of training and prepping for the unknown, which is really hard. Um, But I think, I mean, at the Spirit and I'm sure all the other teams in the league did such a good job of staying focused for whatever was coming up next um but yeah then we had the challenge cup which was super unique and it was really cool to be one of the first sports teams back and to kind of like pave the way for other teams to come back during the pandemic and yeah the nwsl did a great job of hosting a tournament it definitely wasn't easy but it was definitely worth it because we got to play um together on the field and playing without fans is definitely weird um but now i feel like we're kind of used to it <laughs> so i think <laughs> it'll be fun once we start getting fans in again i think we'll have to get used to that again but i think it would be uh really exciting
0: yeah andy brought up her thoughts on the uh the challenge cup she immediately i think regretted being sort of brutally honest about the college, the, the challenge cup sort are just like well, we were, what we were talking about though so like the last year was unique it was a unique circumstance like it had to be something kind of weird it had to be in a bubble it had to be all in one site um mm-hmm. it, it came off extremely well from a tv perspective from a performance on the, I, I think I told her like the first couple games looked a little rough because obviously it was basically preseason but <laughs> then by the times but but late in the group stage and in the knockout stage it was it was like you know prime regular nwsl soccer so um it, I, I think it'll be hard to recapture that you're not in the same site anymore. All the games aren't being played in Rio Tinto. You don't have the, the there won't be a slide in the, in the, in the, I want to be behind one of the corner flags. Or maybe there will. I don't know if they're going to, maybe they'll put them there in the two spots. Um, but what do you, what are your expectations for this year? Like this is, this is a different experience. There's, there's going to be, I think you know, you know a little bit more how it'll go. And then you know that you got a full season behind this instead of just, who knows when we'll play again? Maybe we'll play in the fall, maybe we won't. You'll know you've got a full season after this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just gonna apply the skills that I learned from the Challenge Cup and just be prepared for anything because this Challenge Cup, you're right, isn't gonna be the exact same. We're all not gonna be in the same area. We're not gonna be playing every single, our different teams are gonna be playing our um, you know, conference um, we're going to be traveling, we're going to have some home games, some away games. So I think it will definitely feel a lot more like the fall series. The fall series um, towards the end of our season started feeling a bit normal because we had more of a, you know, a scheduled routine and rhythm with practice throughout the week, game at the end of the week, um, and then, you know, some of those games are away. So like traveling, leaving midweek, having a game, coming back, prepping for the next one. Some. I'm hoping it'll feel a bit more like that, a little bit normal, but it just kind of has the Challenge Cup tag to it because I think yeah. that the fans really enjoyed that and um, which we're super happy about. And I think it'll be fun to have the aspect of, you know, East Coast, West Coast Conference and then that championship at the end, I think will be really exciting.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, you've, you're, you're starting before the other U.S. leagues so that you've got the same sort of advantage that you did last time. You guys were the only sports game in town for that entire month for most of that month. And it was it was awesome. I, I think it was cool to have the spotlight on you guys in that way. And then also, it, it, you know, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this. It was very annoying in the after effects for them to be like, yeah, the NBA did a great job. They were the first ones to do a bubble and no one <laughs> else did it. And that's great for the NBA. So I'm. Those yeah. who know know that that was not the case, yes. and you guys you guys went to it first. Um, it seemed like Richie, in his interviews, sort of at the beginning of this, was seeing the Challenge Cup as sort of an extension of preseason. Like he's like, we're not gonna we're not gonna run the same lineup every game. We've got to get people sort of set. We got to see. We got to look at these young players and see how they fit in our system, etc. Is that is that sort of the the vibe you get from in preseason that that's gonna be? It's, it's a it's a slower build up it's not a build up to game one of the challenge cup it's a build up to the season and into the you know real the, the trophy at the end of it
3: <laughs> um yeah I think i mean yeah you definitely have to have like a long-term plan because we have such a long season and this weird like and a
0: long preseason you have a really long preseason yeah. too <laughs>
3: <laughs> definitely yeah so i think you definitely have to have a long-term plan but i know Richie wants to win the challenge cup he might not say it. Um, but I know he does and, but like, I think we can do both. I think we can still, you know, explore different players, different formations or whatever it is, um, integrate those players, you know, with veterans and still um, put on a good performance and compete for the Challenge Cup. Cause I mean, I know I'm going out there to win and I know everyone else on the team is going to as well, but I think we're going to definitely you know, work out a lot of kinks along the way. And I think that's going to be the same for a lot of the NWL teams, just like the Challenge Cup was, you know, a lot of them haven't, I mean, the only like fulfilled experience they had was playing in themselves. And I know for us, we got tired of, you know, scrimmaging ourselves and we we're just really ready to scrimmage someone else. <laughs> so, Speak,
0: yeah, yeah, I can understand. Speaking of that, so I, assu- you, uh, congrats on your hat trick on your first game and however many oh. long. <laughs> I understand, you know, I know the competition or whatever, but it's still, you know, you want to <laughs> score goals. Three goals is a yeah. great thing to do. That, the, your competition is limited by COVID restrictions, right? They have to, they have to do what you guys do for two weeks ahead of time before they play. Is that the, is that, have I heard that right?
3: Yeah, Um. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure that it's, two weeks I know that they have to get I think two negative tests something like that but yeah it's pretty it's pretty limited and it's also hard because the college season is going on right now and normally that's not happening so we're kind of also limited in that area Um, but it is nice you know no matter what the level is just to get those games in and um, Palm Beach Atlantic they were a D2 team, but it was, they were still decent enough for us to get out there and get a feel um, of a real game. You know, we put, we were able to put our kit on and it had a fun feel to it. And it was just like exciting. And I think, especially for our rookies, I think it's a good game to get them integrated and not so much pressure.
0: Yeah. I mean, for a goal scorer, right? Like you just seem to see the ball go in the back of the net. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah. it, doesn't matter. it
0: doesn't really matter who it's against. As long as it's not against your own team and it's against another team. It's <laughs> It's good exactly. stuff. Speaking of you talking about the, the veterans coming into the, to the season, this is your fourth season. This will be your fourth season with the spirit. Is that correct? Or third or fourth? Fourth. I think, fourth. Right? Yeah. 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 How do you feel your role in the team evolving? There's been so much change. There's been a lot of turnover. I think I don't, I don't want to speculate. Tor, Tor, obviously Tori is the is OG, but <laughs> it's been, it's been a real big roster turnover. How do you feel like it's, you know, do you feel do you feel different in the locker room? Do you feel like you have a different role to, to fill for the young players and the, and the other? You're, you're still a young player, but you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a good question. I think my role has definitely evolved to being more of a that veteran leader. Uh, especially for the young players coming in and just helping them in whatever way I can, whether that's talking to them before, after training, during training, Um, also doing my best to just lead by example. We actually had a meeting last night with our strength and conditioning coach and he just kind of went over how he said something like, what got you here isn't isn't what's gonna keep you here. And I think that's so true because, there's just so many other aspects of the game when you're a pro that you have to stay on top of if you want to stay here and I think you know I learned from a lot of the veterans before me on other teams I was on but also you know Tori Huster is a great example of someone who knows how to stay here and how to take care of her body and also perform at the highest level and so that's something that you know I want to return to those younger players is to help them because I think it's really important. I think we have a lot of talent coming in and we definitely want them to stay here for long term. So just helping them in whatever way I can.
0: You make a good point. I bet it's hard to tell an 18 year old or a 19 year old about recovery. It's yeah. like, they're probably like stretchings for old people. I don't do that. I just go play. So I think that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, the spirit of added a lot of good midfield options, options all over the field, lots of, lots of really great acquisitions in the off season. You know, losing Rose hurts, um, but it appears that the style of play that Rishi wants to play based on all uh, based on the players he's bringing in, but also on the on the interviews seems like you should have a lot of service coming up this year. It seems like you're in a position to have a really good season, a really productive season. Are you excited? I mean, obviously, you're excited for a new season, but it, it, it feels like it's, uh you know, as a forward, you want to make sure that you're getting as many opportunities as possible to finish. It feels like that's going to happen more and more this year.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that's definitely something that our team can work on. And I think that's something at the end of the past season that I've kind of come to achieve and like, hey, I want to be able to put myself in better positions um, to score more goals, to be in the box and create more chances for our team. And I think we definitely have the midfield core to do it. Um, and I think we have a lot more attacking-minded midfielders as well. So um, I think it's going to be great, and I'm excited. We're, we're finally like out on the pitch playing together full field, and it's exciting to see all the possibilities um, of getting forward and getting into the attack, so I'm excited.
0: I read an interesting interview with you from, I think, Just Women Sports. I think it was this year or last year, and it was sort of talking about the uh, – they asked a question about your style of play and the fact that you were previously a 10 – create a creative player. And then you've got, and now, you know, you're where you are, right? You're, you're, you're nine, you're a goal scorer and how you kind of get not necessarily torn between those two things, but coaches want to see one, one skill set out of you. And some things just come naturally. Like I know I saw a lot of times in the challenge cup that I would see you dribble in the box. I would see you take the ball move out wide and have somebody else hopefully come in and fill that, uh, that, uh, that near post of the far post run. What's that, do you feel like that's still an advantage to you? Do you feel that that sort of well-rounded, that well-rounded background helps you? Or do you feel like if you're, however you're expected, if you're expected to score goals, if you're expected to to stack up goals and that's how you're being evaluated, do you feel like that's an advantage or disadvantage for you?
3: I definitely say it's an advantage. I feel like, uh, maybe a couple of years ago when I was a little bit less experienced, I would get nervous about having to switch those roles of, you know, playing a high, you know, stagnant nine or playing, you know, a very mobile nine that can come underneath or get wide. Um, I would get kind of nervous, like having to switch those roles on the fly, whether it was dependent on the team we were playing or the formation you're we playing, or if it was like going from like a U23 camp or a full team camp and coming back into my club environment. Sometimes I'd get nervous about that. But now as I've you know been able to experience all those different roles, I kind of see it more of as an advantage because I feel like I'm able to use all of those <laughs> strategies and kind of switch them depending on who we're playing or what role I need to play for the team that day. Um, so I definitely say it's an advantage for sure.
0: And Richie knows your style of play and he knows what to expect from you. And he knows, I think that's, I gotta, that's the familiarity has got to help too, as far as like, what, what's, ex, what's expected of me and what are, you know, at the end of the year, what are you most looking for me from? If, if we're, if the offense is clicking and scoring and I have, you know, some more assists than, yeah. you know, if I'm, <laughs> even on goals and assists, that's good because we're scoring. all
3: So
0: I, I asked this question to Andy also, it feels like the league's evolving a little bit as far as the balance of power um their players Mm. being loaned out to to europe they're going to stay they're not going to stay who knows Uh, but even within the league there's lots of player movement and i feel like the teams that you would have looked at to begin the year two years ago or last year are not guaranteed they don't feel as guaranteed right it doesn't feel like it's like all right well who's going to play north carolina in the final like who's who's that going to (laughs) be it could it still could be the case i definitely don't want to shovel dirt on them yet i think that would be stupid
3: (laughs) um
0: but it does feel like there's a lot more opportunity for teams to have a good season and and, and make it to that final round and have a different champion. Um, how does that feel as a team? I think the Spirit had a really good Challenge Cup. I think you guys were cresting right into it. Andy got hurt. Rose had to play 20 minutes or something for a national <laughs> team game that didn't come, which I'm never... I don't think I'm going to get over the fact that that's her last yeah. game in the kit. But that, wait, that's my problem. Um, but... <laughs> You know, the fall series was the fall series felt kind of weird as felt sort of like I don't know, it felt like some friendlies at the end of the year, just mm-hmm. which is good because I think more games are better. But how do you feel coming into camp this year? It's not I think it's an, I think it's a. the league is open to win. You guys are you guys are one of the teams that I think people are going to be looking at to build on last year's performance and with the players you've added. How are you feeling? You feel confident?
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm confident. I'm excited and I mean, I definitely think we're a team to look out for. So, I'm excited.
0: That's a better position to be in, I think, than I think, you know, <laughs> 2018 was rough, you know, 2019 was was building. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's a it's probably it's probably more fun to be the big dog and have people trying to to bring you down versus like, you know, being surprised when you win. I think it's more I think it's probably more fun to be like, yeah, we're supposed to win. We we won and we're supposed to win.
3: Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs>
0: So there, I would say there's been, you know, speaking of the changes from 2018, 2019 to now big changes to the club Uh, ownership, obviously from investment sponsorship. Um, and now the, I think it's, I think the approximate number is 350 ownership group, uh, for the spirit, something (laughs) like that, 7,000 people. Um, how is that being felt as a player inside the club? Like what is that on a day-to-day basis from the first year you got here to now? What's the, what's the change?
3: Um, There's been huge changes and it's been fun to be a part of it. I think back in 2018 or whatever year it was when I first was on this team. um, I mean, Andy was here with me. That was her rookie season. We often reflect back on that year and we have laughs about it now, but during the time it was so hard um to be in that position where we weren't winning like we wanted to but we had the talent and we just were struggling and to now look at where we are now having all the this amazing support from our ownership group and we had a really nice dinner with michelle king one of our new majority owners here and she's taking really good care of us here and just the excitement that you know the owners bring to our sport and our team, it's just really raised that standard um, for us as players on the field and just among each other and to feel that support from them. It's just, it's so important. And it was something that was definitely missing a couple years ago. Um, I think we had, we did definitely had support, but the amount of support um, has just tripled. And so it's definitely raised our expectations and our standards and it's really cool to see new players coming into this environment where it's at and to see their eyebrows kind of raise, like, oh wow, like these guys are serious. Like their ownership group is serious. And it's just like, yeah, like, welcome to the spirit. Like we're a right. big deal and we're gonna right. continue to be a big deal.
0: Tori <laughs> Tori's in the corner, like, you I've seen some things. You don't know you don't know what it exactly. used to be like you kids today with your with your Xboxes and whatnot. Yeah, that's I would imagine that that big changes for sure. Um Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that that's that's, uh, that's great progress. I told Andy that I think I recommend this to you is just go down that list and just add all those people on your LinkedIn. Like, I feel like this is a prime <laughs> yeah. opportunity for some yeah. business opportunities down the line or, totally. or even, you know, during your career, I would do that. I would do that in a minute. Yeah. I might do it now. I just might do it anyway. I mean, I
3: already yeah. actually, I've done the ownership from last year, so I need to do all the new, big long new list, ones. hit them all. Like, Hey, listen, <laughs> yeah. I, we're, we're, we're close. We're
0: coworkers. We should, you know, exactly. you know, me from the spirit. Um, yeah. I got to so I want to talk, you got, you got a call up to US, uh, US camp recently. Um, uh, didn't dress, but you got, you got the opportunity to, to go through the, is it, does it, was it January? What was it January? I don't know what time is anymore. What month was, what month was it?
3: <laughs> I went to the October and November camp.
0: Got it. So you have, you, you've got, you've, you had your caps. You've, you've been called in a couple times. I saw, I read in the same interview, your first call up wasn't until U 23s. Um, yes, And this is sort of diversion. I'm actually getting to this question first rather than this most recent call up because I'm interested by it. (laughs) Did you feel like you were, was it a miss? Was it an overlook that that it was the U23s? Or did your game start hitting the peak when they noticed you? Did you feel like there was identification that didn't happen? Or you just feel like they saw me at the right time? I, I got called then at the right time when I was really clicking.
3: Um, I would say a little bit of both. I mean, my youth career uh, looked a little bit different than probably most girls who were in the youth national teams at such a young age. Um, I, you know, bounced from club to club because my family moved a lot. Um, I didn't do ODP. I, you know, didn't play soccer on Sundays, so I missed a lot of, like, championship games. Um, So I think there was definitely, like, missed opportunity um, from that, but I think it all worked out for the best because I think – when I did get that call up, I was just really playing well in college, really enjoying, you know, the level that I was at, um, and it kind of just came as like a pleasant surprise, you know, just getting that chance and that opportunity. I would say that first camp, the U23s camp was really hard because I'd never been in that environment before, um, but it was a really um, neat experience and it also kind of made me more hungry to get that again and to continue to move up and eventually hopefully get that full team call-up.
0: I can't imagine coming in at that age and having everybody else that had been in that camp probably have been in there since 12, 13. <laughs> they know, they yeah. know what this is all about. I cannot imagine how the culture shock. What was more of a culture shock, that or your first day as a pro in North Carolina?
3: I mean, I would say that probably because I had never been in that environment. I had no idea how you know it was supposed to look. And also, it was kind of hard because all of those girls that I was with, like, I remember Rose being there. Um, she was unfortunately hurt, so she didn't get to play. But like, I remember, I mean, Sonnet was there. I don't think Andy was there, but like all these girls, I remember, they just all knew each other and they were all just like best friends because they had been, you know, right. going to World Cups together, traveling, you know, different. Who's this times? new
0: girl? Who's this new yeah, girl? Where'd she and come from? everyone just
3: kind of like, who, who are you? And I was just like, hi, I'm Ashley. <laughs> like, yeah, I play with you. You know, so like I was super nervous, but I mean, North Carolina, I feel like I had that um, first full team camp my senior year. And that really kind of, I wouldn't say prepped me for that, but helped me because I was able to have a lot of really solid conversations with girls playing in the league. I took advantage of that opportunity and asked them, Anything and everything about playing in the energy cell, so, like all the ups, all the downs, the positives, negatives, like blah, 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 like all the rules. Some people don't even know the rules. Like, I don't even know <laughs> all the rules yet either. <laughs> but so I feel like I had a little bit, um you know, better information going into that first day of preseason in North Carolina. But it was still a shock, you know, because I was playing with, I don't know, I remember calling my dad after the first day of practice. I was like, holy crap, dad, these girls are good. Like, <laughs> I remember playing with Dabinia and I was like, this girl, like, where's she come from? Like, people play soccer like that? Like, it was just, I don't know, it was really cool. And it definitely pushed me to raise my level so I could continue to hang in that environment.
0: I gotta imagine that first day, you know, you hear all the stories about Rookie's first day in camp. And, you know, every, and I hear it in MLS, I hear it at NWSL, I hear it in every league, really, it's like, the speed at which the game moves is catches you by surprise. But I would imagine too, like for, I I keep thinking about your, that U S call up. I keep thinking about how I would feel not necessarily knowing like, all right, I've got the call up. So they see, they see value in me. I play, I play where I play now. I've heard of some of these people. I know, I know their games and like, how does my game translate immediately? And then the first time you're out there in practice, like, all right, well, I guess I get to see. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll get to see how this go, how this first scrimmage goes, and how I go through drills. And if I look yeah. like I don't belong, then I'll know right away. But if you, I imagine if you feel like you belong right away, that's got to be an instant jolt of confidence. Otherwise, yeah. maybe want to go home.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely.
0: <laughs> so, talk about the, the the fall camps this year. What's what this Vla, was was that Vlaco's first camp, first uh, first um, fall camp?
3: No, he had he had a couple before couple games and stuff before but it was one of my first experiences with him
0: what was it what was it like what was the obviously there was I think it ended with two friendlies in Europe right is that where the, is that where that, that camp ended
3: um yeah so the November camp we had we played one game against the Netherlands um I unfortunately didn't dress for it but it was still a great opportunity to be you know among the team and to continue to learn um during practice Um, in team meetings and film and private, you know, individual meetings and all that kind of stuff. So it's always in a a great environment to be in. And it definitely like for me sets my personal standards for myself, um, super high, especially coming back into the spirit. And one of my main goals is to keep that, you know, that level of training that intensity for myself at that level so that whenever the time comes for me to go back into camp, um, I'm not, you know, trying to make up for lost time or trying to, you know, make a jump, I'm already going to be there. So, um, anytime I can be in that environment, it's good.
0: Have the coaches communicated to you what they're looking for out of, out of your play as far as, you know, for future call-ups, like, what do you need to work on? What do you need to focus on to get back here? They, they, they communicated that with you?
3: Um, yeah, so we definitely have, um, communication. Um, we all kind of have, I guess, like a contact uh, through the coaching staff that we can talk to on, you know, our terms, if we have any questions or um, if we need help with anything. Um, I think that's the hardest part. I feel like they never give you like specifics of like, you need to work on this and you're going to make it. I think the hardest part is because we, since we are at such a high level, um, everyone is so good. And so um, just continuing to be good at those things you know for me as a forward um, scoring goals definitely helps my case Um, but there's girls in front of me especially on the national team who have loads of experience you know winning world cups and being in those environments that I cannot offer at the moment. So um, it's kind of just staying ready and being ready for whenever that chance comes. It's
0: like one of those jobs where you need experience to get experience type of thing. Like, listen, I I can get world cup experience. If you give me world cup experience, I could do exactly. it. Then. All right. So that was, so we're, we're sort of wrapping up here, but I, you're, we're getting into playing games in front of people again. Not a lot of people, but I saw the email go out this week. Uh Segro Field's going to host some host some people and then Audi hopefully later on in the year maybe. Well, mm-hmm. I got I got to assume you t- guys are tired of playing in front of empty stands. I got to imagine that's got to be pretty <laughs> pretty exciting. Particularly on the back of the fact that like right before this happened you're like yeah, we're going to we're going to have half our games at Audi Field and half our games at Segro will yeah. be will be at the Plexum um and then they're like, "Whoop, nope, no fans. We're not going to have any fans at all. No fans." And now and now you're getting back to it. I got to imagine you guys are pretty pumped
3: oh yeah we're super excited I know all of our family members are like itching to come see us and I mean I feel bad my poor husband hasn't seen me play a game in real life in over a year the one game that we had some fans I think like maybe every person had one family member Um, I wasn't able to play because I was injured so um, I know I'm super excited for that opportunity whenever you know it once it happens to have fans in the stands because I think it'll it always brings an energy I think every athlete can tell you that it's super fun being able to play in front of fans and to feel their energy and excitement so um yeah excited is almost an understatement
0: (laughs) I bet I I gotta it's a probably a special skill to get yourself up for a a game in an empty stadium like you I feel like you know you know you know the stakes right like you're Mm -hmm. you're being paid. It's a real game. Like you got the Jersey on, you're in front of, you're on TV, but you've been playing in front of people now for quite a while. Like, you know, for, you know, Mm -hmm. through college, (laughs) you've been playing, you've been a professional now for a while. Like what, what was the mindset adjustment for you to to get there? And was, were there conversations about that? were there sort of like, you know, the the team was sort of trying to help pump each other up or did everyone just (laughs) said, this is what's expected. Let's go out there and we got to do our thing.
3: Um, I'd say a little bit of both. I mean, I think we definitely, it was definitely a conversation, you know, within our locker room and among each other that like, it's going to be hard, especially, you know, when you get into overtime or the last five minutes of game or important game, um, that we're going to have to be there for each other. I think for me personally, also something that I had to work on is without fans, you can literally hear everything. So, and you can also, your own thoughts are just like louder, you know? And so when it's, on the turf and you're tired and it's hot, it's like, what are you saying to yourself in that moment? Because whatever you're saying to yourself is really loud because <laughs> you yeah. don't have point. that fan noise to kind of drown it out. Um so I definitely think that was a skill that you either had it or you didn't or you're working on it. And so I think it was pretty obvious at times like which players had that, which players didn't. And if players didn't have it, were we able to kind of pull them up and say, hey, it's okay. Like We can do this and help each other out. So it was definitely. Where did did you place
0: uh, yourself in that? Where did you place yourself in that sort of pantheon?
3: um, I I feel like I did. I mean, that was one of my, like, I had a really good off season before, you know, the shutdown. I um, hired a sports psych and I was already kind of practicing these things and working through these things. And so, I mean, I definitely, it was something I was continually working on, but I knew how to work on it and I knew you know i had this skill set to you know create that mindset when i needed it um so i definitely feel like i had it and it was something that really helped me get through the challenge cup with everything going on and without the fans and you know the altitude the heat the turf like you can make so many excuses i think during that challenge cup um but just being able to dismiss those excuses and focus on other things i think was really important
0: and if your own thoughts were loud, I imagine hearing Richie in an empty stadium <laughs> was maybe even louder, maybe drowning out your own thoughts, possibly. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. You guys are, I think the Spirit are playing IMG Academy this weekend. I expect another hat trick or four. We'll see. Um, uh, good luck on the upcoming season. I think you guys are set up to do great things. Good luck in the Challenge Cup, and then good luck on the regular season. Uh, we'll be right Thanks. back after this break. Thank you. Quick pause in the action means I get to remind you to make sure that you're following us on all of the platforms. We do live video on Instagram before, during, and after games this season. We have a live show every Monday at 8.30 that's on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a Discord channel for all you Gen Z listeners. And the links for all these things are on our website at rfkrefugees.com. And if you're listening to this show and haven't subscribed yet, just head over to rfkrefugees.com slash subscribe, and you're one click away from hearing us twice a week, forever. Or until you unsubscribe but no one ever quits on RFK refugees. They just don't. Anyway, thanks and keep enjoying the show.
1: Thank you so much to Ryan Martin and Ashley Hatch for joining the show this week. Uh, We will be back on Monday with our regular live show. We hope you enjoyed this and uh, thanks again. Vamos.